0: What's up, sports fans, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Sports Opinions Podcast. I know, you're probably saying, what the hell, another episode already? It took them four months to get episode three out. Now we're ready for episode four. With me today, a little bit of nepotism, I have my brother, David Cuesta, with me. Say what's up, Dave.
1: Oh, what's up? It's good to be here.
0: All right, yeah, David is a junior over at George Mason. What's your major, Dave?
1: I'm not an accounting major, and I'm hoping it's not too boring.
0: so yep david's my brother and with that comes the unfortunate part that we were raised as jets fans and we've had to go through a whole bunch of torture being jets fans and uh, all the downs mostly downs a few ups mostly downs but this year so far we've had a lot of pleasant surprises with the jets Um, a lot of it branches on the back of josh mccown And Mm -hmm. his surprising play as the journeyman made it over to the Jets, 38 years old, low expectations. Everyone thought the Jets were going to be the worst team in the league. And they came out and they've just been kicking everyone in the teeth and playing tough. Mm -hmm. Recently, Josh McCown went down to a broken left hand, which I think is a blessing in disguise for him. He was getting hit a lot. Uh, Dave, what do you think with the QB situation right now? McCown's out. We have Petty, who looked terrible. Hackenberg, who we have no idea what he could do. we never seen him play. What do you think about the QB situation going on right now?
1: Uh, with the QB situation going on right now, I mean, obviously, you have McCown out, so he's going to be gone. I, I don't know if we're going to re-sign him or not. But Petty did not look good at all. Just completely missed targets <laughs> easily and i mean if they're not going to hackenberg i think that just shows what he's showing in practice uh, i i don't think i can say oh they should put in hackenberg just to see what he has if they already know and they're not putting him in over petty already
0: and the unfortunate part is like you see petty petty has an absolute cannon of an arm he <clears throat> can make every single throw that's not his problem and even on the first throw that he made when he came in it was a short little out but it had a lot of zip on it, it was accurate as all hell <clears throat> And then he goes and he throws a few more balls. They're in the dirt. There's an overthrow to Robbie Anderson, which was absolutely yeah. miserable. And it's like it was two different quarterbacks. So he's gonna start. Uh, do you think there's gonna be anything good to come out of that start this weekend? Were they playing the Saints this weekend?
1: Yes. Uh, um, I don't. I don't know. I can't entirely see much good coming out of it. I mean, I I'm trying to be a fan of Bryce Petty, but out of all he's shown us i mean we've had him we've had him for a bit now and he has i think it's really three years now to get, yeah exactly he hasn't shown enough to get the starting job over gino and now over a veteran and josh mccown who did not have a good season last season and so i just i'm not entirely expecting too much of course i hope he does great i hope he does really well but i can't really see much happening against the good saints defense that they have this year
0: now we've gotten through a little bit of the negatives with uh, you know, McCown getting hurt, Petty coming in, who mm-hmm. I don't think any of us have faith in. Hackenberg we can't have faith in because we haven't seen the guy. So let's we can move on. Obviously we need a quarterback. The Jets have needed a legit quarterback since nineteen sixty eight, Broadway Joe, shout out yeah. Joe. <laughs> Only Super Bowl for the new, for the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. what is you know, we saw a lot of good things though. We saw the emergence of Robbie Anderson, we saw Bilal Powell oh, yeah. be Bilal Powell. Oh, yeah you uh, saw Elijah
1: McGuire, break a couple
0: of plays. Elijah Maguire, yeah. And I know I discussed with Rob a little bit about the young guys, about Jamal Adams last <clears> week <throat> uh, in the last episode, of Marcus May. But you look at <clears throat> other guys. You have Jordan Jenkins, Darren Lee, Leonard Williams, oh, yeah. like Robbie Anderson. A lot of these young guys. We're getting Quincy Anunwa back. How do you feel <clears throat> about the future of the Jets? Are you confident as a fan with the next few years that we're going to be a playoff team?
1: I'm I'm pretty confident, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, a lot of teams. I mean, we can talk about how the Jags have been before this year, where you have young players, and you're like, yeah, I'm really confident for the future. We're gonna do very well next year, and then the next year comes, and you're not doing that well because maybe the off season didn't go too well. So, and like injuries happen. So I, I am confident. I do think we can become a lot better, especially off the grit, the hustle we've shown this year. If we can continue that. We'll still be good. We'll still at least be decent and uh, and fearsome in each week, but I I honestly it's hard to completely believe every single time because we all know how this goes with a lot of teams. We all know how a lot of teams fumble this in the off season. So I'm hoping we can make a move for the quarterback position and guarantee that our future can be a can be a success through this off season.
0: Now, I trust Mike McCagnin. I think he's done a pretty good job mm-hmm. as the GM. You know, I've seen a lot of detractors still against him. I just mm-hmm. think he's made a lot of good small moves. I thought Curse was a great move. I still, I think Forte's been good. He's been flashy. I think the limited use this year has been great for him. Um, yeah. Where do you see us getting a quarterback? Are we drafting one this year? Are we trading up to get one of the big guys? Are we going free agency? What do you think McCagnin's going to do?
1: Um... I think – well, I personally think he shouldn't really entirely go to drafting one. Um, I I just don't like the possibility of it being a bust again and us having another lost year. I think there's a lot of people we can actually now pick up in free agency. I mean, I know – you know know that I've been high on Tyrod Taylor. I'm pretty – I know the Bills, for some reason, don't like him at all. Neither do I. I mean – I I think he's a possibility. I mean, you also have Kirk Cousins, which is the obvious one. We can throw the bank at him if we really want him.
0: Absolutely. But I mean, there's
1: a lot of there's a lot of people that could come and that are young. I mean, you have like Jacoby Brissett that could possibly be useful if Andrew Luck comes back and the Colts decide to get rid of him. We have so many other people that we could take chances on that have already played in the NFL. Teddy in or draft Case that Keenum. Not in the NFL.
0: Teddy or Case Keenum. I don't think Minnesota is going to keep them both. So whoever they decide to exactly. discard. Now, it would be interesting to me. Do you think McCagney tries to sweeten up a deal and maybe trade for A.J. McCarron? A.J. McCarron has some experience. When Andy Dalton went down, he played a hell of a playoff game. Is, we haven't seen him again this year, but is he a guy yeah. that, you know, McCagney rolls a dice on, takes a flyer on, and maybe gives him a shot? Or is he someone you kind of stay away from because you haven't seen that experience?
1: I mean, for me, I, I'm not too high on A.J. McCarron. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but... I think, I think it's not a bad shot to take, but I also know how Alabama QBs go, <laughs> and I, I don't entirely trust Yeah, them.
0: we had McElroy, and he, he yeah. showed that he wasn't much.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I don't entirely trust them, because when you're on that team, you don't exactly have to be the best QB coming out. You don't exactly have to overachieve and make yourself become a great star in the NFL.
0: So going into the Saints game, the Jets are technically mathematically still alive for the playoffs, which no one thought we'd be at this point, but they're there. But we all know in our heart of hearts that the playoffs are not a thing, especially with McCown Mm -hmm. officially being out. We're not making the playoffs. Now, Mm -hmm. shifting gears, there's a lot of really, really good divisional battles and some fearsome wildcard races going on in both conferences. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to run down some of the divisions that are already locked in. The AFC East, Patriots are ten and three, they're miles ahead of everyone. They're That's in the playoffs. Always a thing. Yeah, they're they're always there. Brady and Belichick always do their thing. Steelers, mm-hmm. eleven and two, tied for the best record in football. They keep on pulling it off with the Boz kicking these last second field goals. Somehow yeah. they're pulling it off. You know, Shazir might come to bite them in the butt that they don't have him yeah. down the stretch, but right now they're they're in the playoffs. You have okay. Go ahead, Dave. Go
1: okay. ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you can say whatever you want about them just making the last-second last, last second field goals, but, hey, great teams find ways to win.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You can say whatever
1: you want about the Steelers, but they find ways to win.
0: Uh, yeah, and you have – and keep going with that. You have the NFC East, the Eagles. They lose Carson Wentz, but they have Nick Foles, who they have a lot of confidence in. You know, I'm not very high on Nick Foles. I call the dude Napoleon Dynamite all the time because he looks exactly <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite. He really does. But, you know, and people point to his success. His success was under Chip Kelly and under a completely different system. I think that he's going to be able to be okay. There's some good stars. The running game is stout. That defense is playing well. But oh, yeah. I don't know if the Eagles are going to have the pop. I think their Super Bowl dreams went with Carson Wentz completely. But they're a lock-in. They're 11-2. Mm-hmm. My pick for the Super Bowl the Vikings, they're a lock in the NFC North. They're 10 and 3. Case oh, Keenum yeah. shocking the world, uh, Adam Thielen doing the same, Stefan Diggs taking a back seat to Dylan, which I don't think anybody saw coming. No. But, you know, losing Dalvin Cook still running like psycho's, Vikings are mm-hmm. set. But now we get into the interesting part. and I'm going to jump around a little. I'm going to start with my basically least intriguing to the most intriguing. Least intriguing has to be the AFC West, just based off the fact that their records are miserable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have the Chiefs and the Chargers tied at 7-6. and six. You have the Raiders at 6-7. and seven. Out of those yeah. three, who do you see coming out and making the playoffs?
1: I see the Chargers coming out and making the playoffs. They have all the momentum. They just dominated the Redskins. And, I mean, the Redskins shouldn't be as bad as they look from week to week sometimes. But the Chargers just have been playing out of their minds. You have Keenan Allen doing, making history with what he's done recently. You have Phillip Rivers basically deciding he doesn't want to be a losing team anymore. You have Melvin Gordon. You have all of these people coming out making plays. That defense is fast. That defense can work well there. And I mean, I, the chiefs broke down. The Raiders just haven't looked like the Raiders are supposed to look like. And the charges, all they've been doing is winning after, after four weeks of losing. They, do, they've been winning and winning and finding ways.
0: Do you remember when everyone hated the Chargers because Joey Bosa wasn't getting the deal he wanted? And now the dude yeah. is an absolute psycho. Oh, he, yeah. No one can block Joey Bosa. He is yeah. literally right now a J.J. Watt, smaller version, and he's just running rough shot. And yeah, yeah. the Chargers, historically, they've done this. They're a second-half team. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up 10-6, and six, if they run the table. I have no idea who their schedule is, but I really don't care. Well, I mean, they the Chiefs next.
1: I see them winning that game,
0: and that's huge because if they get that, if the Chiefs, you know, the past two weeks the Chiefs' offenses looked better against the Jets. They looked really good. Yeah, uh, they put up thirty-one points. Last week they looked—they didn't look great. They didn't score a lot of points, but they looked better than they did during their losing streak. So, yeah. this could be a fun game. And this game, honestly, I, the Raiders are in it mathematically. I don't consider the Raiders in it. Derek Carr uh, has yeah, not either. looked the same. I think it was a mistake getting rid of Latavius Murray for Marshawn Lynch. Everyone loves Beast mm-hmm. Mode, but he's not the same. He broke some big runs this year, but he's not the same player. Yeah. Um, the the receivers are disappointing. Crabtree and mm-hmm. Cooper can't get any separation this year. Mm-hmm. So I think the Raiders are out of it. I think the, Chief, yeah. I, I think the Chiefs are also going to play their way out of it. I agree with you. I think the Chargers are going to go in. And I think the Chargers are going to do damage in the playoffs. I don't think Phillip Rivers goes away oh, quietly yeah. this year.
1: I don't think anyone would want to play the Chargers in the playoffs. I mean, there, there's, there's teams in the AFC that have potential to be card teams and no one's going to want to play because you could easily lose these games. You lose any track of what you're doing on the field, and there, there might be a touchdown or an interception happening
0: yeah so it's exactly so there's a lot to look forward to and you know AFC West well we just talked a lot about it because I think the Chargers are the story there and I wish the Chargers had a better start to the year because I think they're as good Mm -hmm. as any other team we're going to move on to the next battle that I find pretty damn intriguing Mm -hmm. and it's got to go to the NFC South another three-team battle you have the Saints at nine and four the Panthers at nine and four with uh, you know our good friend Brittany Brittany Hackett huge Panthers yeah. fan um, yeah. and the Falcons sitting at 8-5 and five. I don't know something about me I already consider the Falcons out I don't like that team dynamic this year I know they're getting better offensively but I just don't see it I think the Saints have a defense they have a running game which is insane I think they're the team to beat the mm-hmm. Panthers rely on Cam way too much Devin Funches is playing out of his damn mind yeah. what do you think in that division who's coming out there
1: I think the division winner, I have to go with the Saints. Um, when you look at the Saints team this year, they actually have a defense, which is amazing to see out of the Saints team. And they that, this is a team that team, they brought in,
0: they brought in Rob Ryan years ago to get this kind of exact defense that they're playing right, right now. Yeah. And it was absolutely a joke. And yeah. this year, all of a sudden, that defense steps up. And there's a lot of guys that nobody knows that they're going to know pretty damn soon because yeah. that defense is stellar.
1: Oh yeah. Drew Brees has the team that he might he might have wanted all of his all of his career. Like it's insane how much he has around him. Kamara is gonna be amazing in the NFL in his career. He just can't go down and it makes no sense. So I'm gonna have to go with the Saints, even though I love Cam Newton on the Panthers. I just don't think that they have helped Cam enough on the Panthers this year. I mean you look at it. You gave away Kelvin Benjamin. I mean Funches has been playing great while he's away, but still You gave away a core part of that wide receiving core. And that that defense is playing great, but I just don't think the offense can do enough sometimes.
0: But an interesting factoid, the offense has been a lot better since Benjamin's been gone. And that's really weird because I consider Calvin Benjamin to be one of the premier big uh, prototype, strong, good hands receivers. But I don't know if Cam just relied on him way too much and looked his way way too often, but their offense clicks a lot better without him there, and it's really weird.
1: Well, yeah, it could it could have been that it could have been that camera relied on Kelvin a little too much. But I also think it also could have been uh, the offensive coordinator. Maybe he, he relied on Kelvin a little too much. Maybe since Kelvin's gone now, he has to do a little more trickery, a little more a little more fun stuff has to happen to the offensive sides. And I mean. What, that's what the gents have had to do this year. That's what teams have to do when you maybe don't have the star power on your offense. You need to mess around, you need to be unpredictable, and that helps your offense.
0: I, I couldn't even agree more. And also, am I going out on a limb to say that this Saints team is better than their Super Bowl team? Because uh, I really think that this Saints team is better than that Super Bowl winning Saints team.
1: I think that's definitely an argument you could make. I just think there isn't entirely too much of a weakness to the Saints team at all. Like it's it's weird to say because you know you think Saints oh it's just Drew Brees throwing for five thousand yards in a year the defense is terrible they'll they probably make the playoffs because of Drew Brees but only because of Drew Brees and that's not that's not this this year.
0: Absolutely and yeah it's it's a weird it's a bizarro year when you see. The Saints defense as a top five, maybe even top three defense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, moving on to our next division, the AFC South is relevant. They have two good teams. The Titans laid a stinker this week, but they have the Jags sitting up top nine and four, arguably the best defense in the league. And then you have the Titans right behind them at eight and five with Marcus Mariota finally playing some big boy football. So, Mm -hmm. right there, honestly, I have no clue. I think Blake Bortles, he's heard all the noise that he is such a weakness, and he's done. He is done hearing that. He has played out of his mind these past two weeks, and he's just doing things that we didn't think he could do. And he heard the rumblings of Eli reconnecting with Tom Coughlin and coming to save the day and Mm -hmm. winning the Super Bowl. And he's like, hell no, I'm still here. I'm still playing yeah. football. This is my team. I'm not giving up Leonard Fournette uh, and Chris yeah. Ivory, that running game. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, I, have, if they, I don't know who's going to come out of that division. I have no clue. I'm not going to lie.
1: Honestly, if I'm going to go as a division winner, I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars. Um, I mean, like you said about Blake Bortles, I mean, who, what kind of quarterback who's, is going to give up a team like that? Like, all, all Blake Bortles needs to do is be decent. He doesn't even have to be great on that team. He has to be de- decent because that defense is most likely going to give you a turnover, give you a short field. Your running game is astounding. You, you don't need – like you have all the help in the world. You all, all you need to do is not turn the ball over and maybe throw five yards at least every time because your wide receivers can break for maybe eight or ten every each time. So – he he doesn't need to do that much to make this team great. And I I think he's realized that. And since he doesn't have that pressure on him, he can play even better now.
0: And also, this just, just came to my mind. Isn't Allen Robinson out for the year? Aren't they without their best wide receiver? Yeah. And, you know, people forget that Blake Bortles relied on him. I get Allen mm-hmm. Hearns is mm-hmm. really good. Marquise mm-hmm. Lee is good. Day Day mm-hmm. Westbrook has come out of nowhere and playing just awesome football as a receiver but alan robinson was a premier up-and-coming receiver in this league and he Mm -hmm. goes down and blake bortles loses his favorite target and they are still one of the better teams in the league yeah so you know i might have to lean that way i wouldn't be surprised if mariota you know he's starting to show that pedigree that everyone thought he had this year that's true wouldn't be surprised if mariota pulled out something in the end i think either one of these teams are going to make the wild card which is going to make it intriguing because yeah. they can both play spoiler to whoever the mm-hmm. hell they play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, I, if you put my feet to the fire, I'm going to go Jags right now, but Titans would not surprise me coming at it. Yeah, yet.
1: I don't know. The Titans' loss to the Cardinals this week was a little disheartening on their part on their bid for the playoffs. I don't know. You lose to four field goals against the Cardinals team that hasn't shown up entirely this year. And I know, I know on paper the Cardinals team isn't that bad. But still, like, you got to perform better than that to be a playoff team.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals show up every once in a while. They're a weird team. You know, They, they yeah. every once in a while, they have it. Every once in a while, they look like, oh, that's the Cardinals team that, you know, was mm-hmm. throwing all around the yard and scoring 30 a week. Yeah. And then you have other games where it's like, oh, that's the Cardinals? What the hell? Where, where did yeah. this come from? Like... So it is a little disappointing to their playoff hopes, but they're sitting at eight and five. They're sitting pretty. Oh, nice. that's, that's a good spot to be in. So that's going to be definite uh, battle to watch for. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Last battle. Uh, this has got to be my most shocking. The Rams. I did not buy the Rams this year. I thought they were going to be trash. I didn't think Jared Goff was worth the pick that they spent on them. They're sitting at nine and four atop the division. Yep. Uh, and they're just playing out of their minds. We knew how good that defense was, but God, that offense. And, you know, it's uh, the young coach uh, is coming in there and just spicing everything up. He has dudes older than him looking uh, looking up to him as a coach. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And then you go to the flip side. You have the Seahawks staring down their neck at 8-5. and five. Russell Wilson's dangerous. You have the oldest coach in football, Pete Carroll, which mm-hmm. is kind of a – pretty fun you know They have the youngest coach leading division oldest coach in football right behind him Mm -hmm. but the seahawks are breathing down their neck you know they lost their cool a good amount this week in that loss Mm -hmm. to the jaguars so i you know pete carroll needs to reel them in you know i want at this point i want to drink the kool-aid with the rams i really do i still can't i you know i i don't know what they have to do to prove to me that they're a legitimate team I can't drink that Kool-Aid. I think the Seahawks somehow figure out a way to jump them in these final few weeks, and I think the Seahawks take the division. What do you got?
1: I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to go with the Rams because they ha- they have they have proved to me that they have the ability to win this division. And honestly, the Seahawks haven't been their consistent selves this year. They haven't looked like the team they've had they've been like in the past. And, I mean, it looks like Russell Wilson literally needs to pull out heroics in almost every game for them to win, which Russell Wilson is able to do it, but can he do it all the time? I don't think he can. No, Almost no one can. And the Rams, Todd Gurley is playing out of his mind. Jared Goff is trying to show that he's he can at least be somewhat compared to Carson Wentz and saying, listen, I was picked just as well. I can do just as well. And he's, he's having a breakout year as well. I feel like the Rams team... Without Jeff Fisher now, that was a great move. Apparently. Jesus, Jeff Fisher!
0: Thank God that you know I never root for guys to get fired. I know it's an old adage, but come on, the guy's the most average coach of all time. Eight and eight, exactly. he's Mister Eight and Eight. Like that doesn't cut it.
1: Exactly. So I, I mean, I, I don't know. I believe in them. They have been just entertaining the whole entire year. They, I mean, they can find themselves in shootouts and usually end up winning them. So I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Rams in this division. I think the Seahawks are too inconsistent and Russell Wilson's gonna to have to do too much for that team.
0: That's that's definitely a fair that's a fair point completely. Now, is a small part of you super happy that Sheldon Richardson is playing awful for the Seahawks? Like, oh my god, he was <laughs> such a cancer in that Jets locker room. And, you know, it showed with him gone and a few of the guys that McCagney got rid of this year, that yeah. locker room is so tight. You know, not to bring him completely back to the Jets, but small part of me is super happy that Sheldon Richardson just doesn't show up every week. And it's great. It just makes us look <laughs> I, like geniuses.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, know, I, I definitely get the happiness. I don't know. To me... I don't know how many other fans share the sentiment, but I get a little connected to the players on my favorite teams. So even when they go off, even if they were bad in the locker room and stuff like that, like I I understand they weren't fit for the culture of the team, but I still want to see them perform pretty well. Like I still want to see you're them a
0: softy, Dave. Well. Still... <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey man. I don't know. It's it's just a connection. I mean, you you want to get their jerseys, you want to root for them. So, I don't know.
0: Now I'm just going to get this out in the open. It's a complaint that I've had for a long time with uh, a few quarterbacks in the NFL, a few teams, Russell Wilson being one of those quarterbacks, Big Ben. So a few of these guys, being a Jets fan, I know a lot about penalties, and it seems like every big play we've ever had in the history of our team after 68 has been called back by a holding. (laughs) Why is it that guys like Russell, Big Ben, even Aaron Rodgers – can hold the ball for eight seconds at a time, scramble around, mm-hmm. you know, take forever, then find a guy deep down the field and oh, he's a genius. But you go back and watch the replay and you see six or seven holdings blunt, clear that will be called on and you know Brady gets this too, that would be yeah. called on every other team in the NFL, but these select few. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest conspiracy theorist. But there is – I think there's something to be said about not even the NFL because obviously Goodell hates the Patriots. But, mm-hmm. you know, certain teams, I think – I don't know if they've earned the right because the Seahawks haven't been around to doing this that long. They were – there wasn't that long. Yeah. Though, like the Seahawks are one of the worst franchises in the league. Yeah. But it's like I don't know if refs just kind of, you know, I don't know if they're just privy or if they're told to like, you know, big plays are great so let these guys do whatever the hell they want. They've earned it because I don't know I, we've we've talked about a lot in the group chat that the Seahawks are probably the luckiest team on the face of the planet over <laughs> over the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era they have been uh, you know they're talented they're a good group back there yeah. but I think they've been luckier than they've been good even in their Super Bowl runs besides the Peyton Manning Super Bowl where they they, they literally just killed Peyton Manning they, they, oh, that yeah. that was just disgusting they showed up uh-huh. Broncos did not But, you know, for the most part, I just think they've been a real lucky and fortunate team that the refs look the other way. Do you agree with this? Like, I don't know if other people just see me as sour grapes because I'm a Jets fan. Like, I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean, I can understand why, like, where you can say the refs are looking the other way. I mean, I know I've definitely said it before, especially in, in anger during a football game. There's no doubt about that. I can guarantee a lot of people have said the same thing about many other teams. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think sometimes the refs, maybe they're watching the play themselves and they're not even watching the line anymore. They're like, oh, my goodness, he's actually doing this. Like, how did this small man get away or how is he still moving? And they're not even looking at the line. Maybe maybe that's happening. Yeah, maybe but is it something? Maybe they are giving them a little, bit of treat, a little bit of better treatment on on the, on the field.
0: But is it something like they see the Jets doing it and they're like, they're not supposed to do this. Let's figure out some way to flag them. Like, I don't know. It just always seems that way. Like the Jets get that, you know, there's certain teams that just I could see we're probably the Browns. The Browns probably make a good play. And it's like, nope. Sorry, guys. You're the biggest flop in sports. Let's keep it that way. (laughs) Like, come on. No, No,
1: yeah. No, like I no, I am. I completely understand, and for the most part, I do agree with you, but I I do like to at least give a little bit of benefit of a doubt to the refs. Try not to be that big of a – try not to have that much of a conspiracy about it because, I mean, I want to completely believe that everything's being called at least mostly fair. I mean, obviously there's bad calls, like the two ASJ calls that happened that calling them not touchdowns this year. Oh, my Jesus
0: Christ. Obviously
1: things just very much seem like they're called against teams for no reason. Or for, or they're not being called four teams because they want. They, it seems like they want this team to do better. Tuck rule, but yeah, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I want to, I want the rest to seem like they're fairer than a lot of people might seem, might want it to seem.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I want it, and you know, speaking of unfair, this is this this warms my heart. Yankees acquire Giancarlo Stanton. <clears throat> Uh, you know it is there's something about you know the the Yankees getting the league MVP of the NL the yeah. number 1 home run hitter to go with the number 2 home run hitter that was already on the team in Aaron Judge the hate from so many other fans from Mets fans Red Sox fans mm-hmm. every fan the evil empire has returned and that's the way George Steinbrenner is the happiest dead man Alive right now And I said alive And I mean it His ghost is hanging out His ghost was in there With Cashman And his sons going Do yeah, we he, do this? He told
1: them to make the deal
0: Oh he he appeared to them And he's like Seriously I'm going to haunt all of you If you don't do Something <laughs> stupid Like I would have done I There's did not Yankees leave Christmas I didn't Absolutely. leave you Billions to save it You better spend it Like <laughs> yeah. How do you? What do you feel? I know you're not the biggest baseball guy, but I do know you grew up a Yankee fan. How do you feel yeah. about the Stanton trade? I don't
1: know I love it. I I definitely do love it because I mean we're just getting we're getting another big time home run hitter. That's what we are. We're the Bronx Bombers. We're supposed to be the Bronx Bombers. We're supposed to be those guys that buy out the World Series, as Rob would say. <laughs> so I mean, Rob's a salty I, Mets I
0: fan. Know. We didn't mention that last week, but Rob is a salty yeah. Mets fan. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, like it's it's as a Yankees fan, and I mean, you, like you said, I don't follow baseball as much. But as a Yankees fan, I always love get. I always love being the evil empire, especially since I'm a since I'm fans of more underdog teams and other sports. It's fun. It's fun to be the fan of the team that does the mean things in some in some sports.
0: Yeah, like I get why Patriots fans are so ridiculously in your face about how good they are. It, yeah. it, it, it feels good every once in a while to be able to brag and be able to back it up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, I'm going to get mad at the Patriots fans for doing that. But I, I – under like, it's fun to be the Yankees fan that does that to other people in baseball. Because, I mean – it's it's just a good time.
0: <laughs> now you look at this and it was a great deal. Don't get I love it, you know, bringing star power to the Yankees. Is it going to work with the mm-hmm. new manager that's yet to be seen, Aaron Boone? Yeah. We got the I'm not going to judge the guy first, but if you look at the just the roster perspective. We're going to take away from the hitting lineup right now. We know there's plenty of hitting. Is this mm-hmm. going to be enough to overcome what was, you know, overperforming starting pitching last year that might fall right back down to earth this year, you know, Tanaka? was okay. shaky and then really became an ace, but who the hell knows what you're going to get with him if he's going to be healthy. Yeah. C.C. had the comeback of his career. Is it more of the same? Is he going to be able to pull more Andy Pettit and have a few good years? Or is he going to fall back down to earth? You know, It's just they need to go out and get another power arm that can really back them up. Severino looks like he could be the guy, but mm-hmm. who knows year to year? We don't have a proven starting rotation. Is mm-hmm. is the addition of Stanton this lineup this power these runs? Can we see another magical year where you know World Series expectations are here they're back. Oh yeah. Is it going to happen with this mediocre starting pitching? Do they need to get another arm? What like what, what what's going to happen? What do you think we can do this year as a Yankees team?
1: I mean, World Series expectations were here before this change we were almost there last year
0: one game away so
1: they were going to be here yeah they were going to be here no matter what no matter what we no matter what the Yankees did so i mean you definitely want to try to go out and get another arm but i think this lineup really helps no matter what happens i mean you got to look on the bright side for this for the, for these pitchers you got to hope that they're going to keep riding the high but i mean with this lineup that we now have you are scaring every single other pitcher in the league when they're pitching against you, they're gonna be like, "Okay, what's gonna happen this game? How many home runs might be hit off me this game?" Because you, you can never know what's gonna happen with this lineup that you're pitching against.
0: The knockoff it is the power is very righty heavy with Sanchez, Judge, yeah. Stanton, very righty heavy. Greg Bird is really the only power bat that's a lefty. DeDe showed some power last year, but you know mm-hmm. you never know if that's gonna go all the time with those middle infielders we lost Castro he gave us some good power doubt Frazier is going to be back he was a power guy Headley's now out via trade Uh, where you know that leaves Ronald Torres being the second baseman possibly Uh Gleybar Torres if he's ready coming up and playing third but we don't know the type of power this kid has you know Uh he has he has triple a stuff but you know you have to prove it in the bigs Mm-hmm. Is is there going to be enough parity in this lineup where you know you just get a power you just get a a power right handed arm a guy like Chris Sale who's a power righty Verlander a power righty these dudes that can really come in and th- some of these guys killed Judge Judge couldn't yeah. hit okay. these guys Stanton has struggled traditionally against these guys they know how to pitch them. You know, is you know as vaunted as this lineup is, is there going to be enough parity? This is really you know we're going to see if Boone is worth anything because if he yeah. he has to make a good lineup. If he can make a mm-hmm. good lineup and mix it up, then I think we'll be mm-hmm. okay. But I think that it would really go far if we get another lefty bat in this lineup that can bat in between those guys.
1: Yeah, uh, no no doubt that would definitely help. And I mean this lineup. It's gonna be tested a bit. Judge is gonna be tested a bit because I mean, while he was hitting, while he hit a lot of home runs, he also mainly hit home runs. Like he didn't really have the greatest average out of that. Like he struck out. Well, I think all he was
0: two eighty, and I, you know, for a power hitter, or a six foot plus ogre, like he is, two oh, eighty yeah. is good, and I think we can't expect much better than two eighty. He's That's gonna true. strike out a lot. He's faster than you think. You know, yeah. It's, it's going to be, you know, and they have a good problem. Both Stanton and Judge play right field. I, we, we kind of, we talked about this earlier uh, today. You could start one in right field. You could DH the other one. They Each of them get a day of rest in, built in. You could switch mm-hmm. literally every game, and these guys never have to take a true break. Like, yeah. that's pretty damn cool to have yeah. both your guys in the lineup and don't have to have both of them playing position all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that, but, I mean, the possibility of doing that, it just having that option there is always a great thing to have.
0: So. Now, you look at this lineup. You look at they lost to the Astros. They were one game away. Home field might have been that switch because they didn't lose a single game when they were at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Does the addition of Stanton give them enough to get past an Astros team?
1: Um, I think it might. I think a lot, of, I, but I also think a lot of it has to do with experience for this team. Because I mean, like you said, they went, un, they basically went, undefe- they went undefeated at home. Not basically, they actually did in the playoffs. But, yeah. Uh, while away, they performed terribly. So I mean, now they have the experience in the playoffs. They have a year. A lot of them have a year under their belt, or they have another year under their belt. With the experience comes more, more, more mental fortitude. So I think just not even the addition of Stanton might help them away but just that extra year that extra experience helps them get the uh, helps them get ready for these away games that happen in the playoffs that they can definitely win
0: and you know one last note on this Yankees uh, trade with Stanton that you know I thought mm-hmm. was the best part of it we didn't give away any of our big 3 prospects Justin yeah. Sheffield is still there Clint Frazier still mm-hmm. there Gloe Torres still there we gave him away for Starlin Castro, who gave us some great seasons, but Starlin yeah. Castro, low level prospects, and cash for the NL MVP, that was a no brainer. And, you know, oh, there's, yeah. the, there's the Jeets conspiracy that Jeter gave him to his former team. Let's not all be fooled. This dude had a no trade clause. He told Jeter where he wanted to go, and he told Jeter to make it happen. Oh, yeah.
1: And he denied, uh, who did he deny? I don't, I don't entirely did, remember the teams, but he denied two other trades before this.
0: Yeah, oh, he didn't, I forget exactly who he did, but yeah, but he denied they had two deals in place for better prospects, it would have helped the Marlins better, Stanton didn't care, yeah. Stanton didn't want to go yeah, to exactly. any rebuilds, he was, was done.
1: It was Stanton's choice, like, it, it was like, it's like if you're trying to tell LeBron where he's going to go in the NBA, that's basically what Stanton did, <laughs> he said, I'm not going to these teams, you're trading me somewhere else.
0: Absolutely, and I know a lot of people are making a big deal about the money and how much he's going to cost down the stretch, but there's two mm-hmm. factors that come in: he can opt out of his deal in three years in three seasons, which there's a good chance he does to go fishing if he has three good seasons, if he hits you know another fifty a forty, and a fifty you know even a thirty in there, a thirty home run year those like home run numbers, yeah. he might opt mm-hmm. out for more money because this uh, the next upcoming free agent class, a dude like Bryce Harper is demanding four hundred million dollars. If, yeah. You know, and he's he's expressed the want to become a Yankee. I don't think the Yankees are going to give him 400 mil, but if they didn't land yeah. Stanton, they definitely would have considered it because they would have wanted a superstar. So they were well, another superstar. We got plenty already, but they would have wanted another one. So I think mm-hmm. we get off relatively cheap, and if he opts out after three seasons, cool, we might get a championship or two in between those three seasons, and we avoid yeah, exactly. an A-Rod situation.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think that's a problem at all. It's like, If he opts out after three seasons, I, I mean, I can see us getting a championship within that time with this
0: lineup. Absolutely. So
1: I, I'm not entirely mad if he does. Like, we have this lineup. We kind of have, like, a dream team situation, which is scary sometimes when you say dream team. But Yeah, don't be Derek Rose it, now. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just think it's, it's going to be good for us either way. I think the money – I mean, what are Yankees? We're supposed to throw around money. So – that that's just you just take it as it comes
0: there we're still currently underneath the luxury tax that needs to be stated we are not paying luxury tax which is insane considering the money we just took in now yeah, moving moving on to another one of our favorite teams that have tortured us and I think I kind of did this to you because I kind of engraved this team into your blood yeah. um, the you know the Brooklyn Nets they uh, they've been the laughing stock of the nBA even when they were supposed to be a powerhouse team when yeah. they when uh you know I know our boy Dapo is gonna laugh at us, he's a Celtics fan, but we took mm-hmm. off some dinosaurs off his hands and yep. helped him create what he has with our picks. you're welcome dopp, but um <laughs> you know this year the the last year the Nets had the re- worst record in the league, they fought, but they were just terrible oh, yeah. this year, the vision is coming you know last year our hashtag was brooklyn grit this yeah. year we play with brooklyn grit we are a much better team we have guys you know right now we grabbed uh D'Andre russell jeremy Lin was back both of those dudes are out mm-hmm. and we just won our 11th game we didn't do that till march 6 last year it's december yeah. 13th yeah uh, you know and who's leading the charge the young core of ronde hollis jefferson Karis um, we Spencer, Dinwiddie. Spencer I, I was going to get to Spence, because Spence, the yeah, so. league needs to be put on notice as Spencer Dinwiddie can ball. Mm-hmm. The guy is, he just runs an offense. He scores when yeah. you need him to score. He dishes the ball really well, and he's just exactly what we'd need on this team. With or without D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lynn. Spencer Dinwiddie mm-hmm. needs to be in the starting lineup. mm mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, we got rid of Trevor Booker in a trade for Jaleel Okafor. He hasn't played yet. We shipped off Brooke Lopez for D'Angelo Russell. We have moved some pretty important dudes that, you know, most teams maybe wouldn't have moved out of fear, and it's worked yeah. out. Now, do you, now, in terms of your expectations coming into the year, are the Nets exceeding what you thought they were going to do, or you kind of think they're on par with how you thought they were going to be?
1: I honestly don't think they're really exceeding what I thought they were going to do. I mean, I, I actually had more expectations for the Nets coming into this year because of the grit they showed. I know we're saying grit a lot, but that's uh, like, <laughs> like a new thing with, with, that I say a lot when it comes to sports because for some reason the grittier team seems to be my teams that they just show all of the heart in the games. And even if they lose, they fight that team till the end. They make sure that team did not come in and get an easy win, and I and I don't know if if a lot of fans will agree with me, but I assume they would. You love it when you see your team play their hardest, when you don't see them give up. So, given that, given that, I expected Brooklyn to come in and play their hardest, especially with new acquisitions coming in. I mean, like you said, we had we had D-Loading come in, and we had Jeremy Lin coming back. I mean.
0: You add Damari Carroll, you add Alan Crabb, you have these like yeah, those exactly. two big acquisitions.
1: Yeah. And I mean we had Karis Levert who looked good last year. We had RHJ who looked who's just uh, progressing more and more. So I mean we had the grit already, and with the grit, it's, you know what's gonna keep coming. And then just talent is gonna keep progressing on this team and we're event we're eventually become we're gonna become a lot better than the laughing stock of the NBA.
0: Absolutely. And I got to give a shout out to Spencer Dimwitty. Not only is he becoming a star in his own right, dude is a Dragon Mm -hmm. Ball super fan. His background on his Twitter (laughs) is Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta. I don't care if people know it. I still love all the Dragon Ball stuff. I'm a big child. So shout out to Spence for not caring. And it's cool. And, you know, I've been seeing it around all the leagues more. There are a lot of Dragon Ball fans. There are dudes putting in their captions, going Super Saiyan Blue and like making like it is really cool to see like that like culture like coming out a lot of these dudes are around like you know a little bit older than you a little bit younger than me but kind of in our generation where dragon ball had a big impact and i just think it's awesome to see these guys coming out and just not being afraid to be the anime nerd and just make it cool so shout out to spence super Super saiyan blue vegeta it's not
1: even being an anime nerd it's just like the people who who loved Pokemon when they were growing up. That's an anime as well, but it's not really an anime anymore when it comes to America. Like, it's, it's fun to be involved in that culture. And people, people know it's fun to be involved in that culture when they watch these shows and they let, their, they let their imagination go a little bit with these shows.
0: So, yeah, just I just had to throw that little shout out. Spence, you're my boy. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to actual basketball... We talked about yeah. a few of the moves that Marks made. Uh, Shaw Marks has made bringing in D loading, yeah. you know, Alan Crabb, Damari Carroll, shipping off Booker to get Okafor. What do <clears> you <throat> think of these moves? Are you a fan of them? Do you believe in them? Do you think Shaw Marks is out of his damn mind? How do you feel?
1: I'm a big fan of these moves. Like I really like them. I liked Alan Crabb when he was in Portland. He could He was obviously could shoot threes. He played very well there, like with CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard. He played well with them. I liked him coming over. It's just another shooter added. I lo- I love Demary Carroll on defense. He plays insanely good defense. Like and, and yeah, and you add uh, the deloading. He, he's he's a superstar. He's he's gonna play well for your team. He's gonna show the ice in his veins. He's gonna make those clutch shots. So I love these moves. I think they're great acquisitions. Like you don't always need to get superstars on your team. I mean, look look at what the Lakers did with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. When they got them, they didn't play that well. Look at the Thunder this year. I think the Thunder are going to become much better after this start. But still, they need to come together and they need to play, and they need to play together. Having superstars on your team doesn't always mean you're going to play great.
0: I completely agree with that. And, you know, one of the things when Shawn Marks came over, he was a longtime member of the Spurs front office. A lot of people were saying he's probably going to try and make the Nets Spurs East. Do you see mm-hmm. that slowly starting to happen? Is that completely crazy to even think that that culture is being put in here? Like, do you think Atkinson and Marks can be make a Spurs type of Eastern team? Like, what do you think that's realistic with the character guys? Because you know, I'm not. People won't call deloading a Julio Okafor character guys. You know, Russell had yeah. his issues in the Lakers. Okafor had his mm-hmm. issue in Philly, but they're getting a second chance, and DeAndre Russell's done everything right so far. Hoping yeah. that Julio Okafor can do everything right as well. They're trying to build that character. Do you think that mm-hmm. this team can eventually become that Spurs East franchise that has that like sort of premium and excellence to them pedigree?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I, I think we can. I mean, I don't like calling it Spurs East. I'd rather just call it Nets basketball Brooklyn grit. But, I mean, I mean, when you look at the Spurs – it's a gritty team. It's a defensive, gritty team. They're going to punch you in the mouth when they come in. They're going to play team ball. They're not, going to, they're not going to try to have anyone really be like that very vocal superstar on there. Like, look at Kawhi Leonard. He's not a vocal guy. He is the silent, scary guy that no one really wants to None play None of them with.
0: are. None of them. Going back to David Robinson, uh, who yeah. I don't know if a lot of the kids that are going to listen to you remember who he was? But David Robinson, yeah. the Admiral, and then Tim Duncan Young, they were the, called the Twin Towers for a little while, and they were just beasts. Timmy wasn't a vocal dude. Parker's not a vocal Mm -hmm. dude. Ginobili's not a vocal dude. Mm -hmm. Even Aldridge coming in, Pau Gasol, none of them are vocal dudes. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, mean, but that's what you see out of the Brooklyn Nets right now. They play team ball. I mean, whether that's out of a force to play team ball because they're not entirely the most talented squad. I think that's Atkinson's system.
0: I really think that's Atkinson's system. You see the ball snapping around all the time i just think that's what kenny atkinson demands
1: that's true but i mean like you're seeing the team ball happen you're seeing the culture there that no one's really bigger than the team you're you're playing for this team you're trying to win together you're going to be a family together and you're going to win games no matter who's scoring the most the most points you're getting the ball in the basket you're playing good defense and you're trying to win these
0: games now, Okafor coming over that's the most recent move. The Nets traded mm-hmm. uh Trevor Booker for mm-hmm. Julio Okafor, Nick stauskis and a second round pick. Yep. Um, Stauskis, I like the kid, I think he's gonna have a second chance. He's a good shooter, he's a squirrely yeah. guy. He didn't get a he got some playing time in Philly and he played yeah. decently. He's been riding the pine this year. Yeah. I like the acquisition. Okafor is a question mark. He played, he was decent in his rookie year. Been overshadowed since with Embiid coming back to health, yeah. his game is a very old school post up center type of game, and we mm-hmm. saw Brook Lopez had to change this under Kenny Atkinson's system. Do you think Okafor is he going to be a good fit for the Nets? Is everyone kind of a good fit with the way Kenny Atkinson coaches? Can he become a player that you know is going to be a starting center and a real good teammate for? D'Angelo Russell in the future, Karras Levert play alongside Hollis Jefferson down low. What do you see Okafor's fit with the team?
1: Um, I think with this team, when it's under Kenny Atkinson, I think he just doesn't take any of the BS. I, I don't think he's, like, I think Jalil Okafor, with the situation he was in with the 76ers, with him just wanting to be out of there so he can, so he can play, so he can prove himself, he's going to go with anything that Kenny Atkinson is going to give him. He's going to try to improve himself to the best of his ability in order to show everyone that, hey, man, I'm very good at basketball. Like, this Nets team is going to be part of my team. And he's going to play under Kenny Atkinson's system to show this. And I think Atkinson is going to, like, use him in the way he needs to be used to show, to win games for the Nets.
0: You know, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if this has been an observation frequently, but. It seems like Sean Marks has pounced on the guys that, you know, just needed a little bit of humble pie between DeAndre Russell. You know, he had his big issue. He wanted out. You know, he ate his humble pie. Mm -hmm. He realized that this is a grown man's league. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't do dumb stuff. Jalil Okafor, the same way. Even Damari Carroll. He left the Hawks, went to the Raptors, wasn't the same guy, ate his humble pie. And, you know, he's back with maybe it's a system thing, too. But it seems like Sean Marks is really jumping on these guys that, you know, they just needed a little to eat a little bit of humble pie and uh, get uh, get their act together. And he's kind of grasping at it, saying, listen, we can give you that second chance. Come build something with us. Be a professional. and Let's do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, no matter who you are in a professional sport, you, you want to go out there and prove that you're the best no matter who you are, even if even if people know, they're like, no, you're never going to be the best at this. You want to go out and prove that you are the best. You want to try to be the best in that sport. And when someone gives you the chance, especially after you feel like it's been taken away from you or you haven't, like, showed up, if someone gives you that second chance, you're not only going to take that second chance, but most of the time you're going to make the most of it. So I think doing that for, like, Sean Marks, doing that, giving them these second chances is what really helps this Brooklyn team. And I think that it's it's just, it's just going to keep working out. I don't see it not working out. I think Sean Marks is making great moves here.
0: Now, what's the next move do you want to see done? Do you want to see him keep on making deals towards the trade deadline to try and acquire more talent? Do you think he should sit tight and now start scouting for the draft? What do you want to see, like even now and into the future, what do you want to see the Nets do next to take that next step?
1: I mean – I know, I, I think I want to see Sean Marks go ahead and try to make some more moves. Why not? We're we're not the best team in the league. We're not we're not even mostly like a decent team in the league. Like we just show we just try to show up in every game. So why not keep trying to make moves? Why not keep trying to make these controversial moves that not everyone might go with but that mostly works out in the future? Take those risks. We have nothing else to lose. We can take those risks. I mean you could be safe. You could just stop making those moves. You could look at scouting and then for the draft, and you could be like, all right, we're going to win games under this system because we've been, we've been showing that we can. And we'll, we'll, we won't make the playoffs, but we'll at least look like a team that's rebuilding well. Or you could go out, take the risks, try to make this team great almost immediately so you don't flounder it with trying to go to long-term games.
0: So that's, you know, that's going to be interesting because it doesn't seem like Marks is the type of guy that takes risk. He takes calculated risk. So we'll see what the direction he goes in. Uh, Keeping with the NBA, Mark Cuban. You brought this to my attention earlier today. I knew nothing yes. about this, but um, controversial <laughs> owner in the NBA owns the Dallas Mavericks, very vocal, he's on Shark Tank, he's a billionaire. We all know the dude's story. Him in Shark Tank. We all know the dude's story. He was nothing to something. He was just, you know, a shrewd, smart businessman, made his fortune, mm-hmm. and now, you know, he lives the dream. Most guys probably do. Love sports, wanna mm-hmm. buy a sports team, let me let me have my fun with it. Mm-hmm. He made some comments, what was this recently, yesterday? When did what when did he make these comments?
1: I don't entirely remember when he said it. I just remember seeing it. I believe on Facebook and Instagram because I think ESPN put it up or something like that. But he made the comment that in the future, what sport are like people going to pick over like the uh, over football and basketball? And like, he basically made that comment about like the safety issues and everything going on in football and how well basketball's been doing.
0: Now, again, we obviously had a conversation earlier and we talked about this and. One of the things that you brought up was the fact that there's no parity in the NBA right now, and that really hurts. Yeah. You know, you talk to a lot of people. We have uh, even our friends in our group and, you know, one of the contributors on Sports Opinions, K-Doc, Kyle Doctor, yeah. talks all the time about how just boring the NBA is and how the college yeah. game is so much more intriguing. Because there's a good, yeah. yeah, you have your traditional powers in Duke and everything, but once March Madness hits, there's so many fun Cinderella stories so much yeah. parity. People prefer the college game over the pro game. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, the par- the lack of parity kills the NBA, where on the flip side, the NFL, with all the complaining, you know, there's the protest that took away some ratings. There's, mm-hmm. you know, the safety issues. There's all the flags. But yeah. there's still parity in the NFL, and fans want to see that. Fans yeah. love seeing that type of stuff. So is more how Do you think Mark Cuban's on base, or do you think he's completely off base with this comment?
1: I mean, I don't think he's completely off base. He definitely has logic in his comment. There is logical consistency in his comment. It wasn't a dumb comment. I just think it could really go either way. You cannot predict the future on these things. Because honestly, for me, this year in the NFL has been one of the most fun years in the NFL watching it happen. Because you almost can't predict each week. You can't predict each week. The Rams. You never know what's going to happen.
0: The Rams. That's all you need to say. The friggin' Rams, the Rams are the greatest the show on turf again. Even they're not on turf anymore, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, the Rams, the Vikings, the Eagles playing damn well. The Jaguars. Like, the Jaguars. Like the. T-
0: you said the that Titans, weird. Even
1: though they're supposed to come in playing well. I mean, but like, you guys brought it up last week, you and Rob, how the Warriors getting ejected is almost making the parody in the NBA for it. Like that, that's, that's insane. If you can, if you can even make that comment and it makes sense, it, that should not make sense. Like it, it's, there, there really isn't parody in the NBA and it's, it's sad to say, but like, if you're going to bring up, Oh, who's going to win a championship, championship this year? Well, it's most likely going to be the Warriors, but you know, the Cavs still have LeBron. So they, they have a chance. Other than that, no one brings up no one brings up anyone but those two
0: teams. Well, yeah, you know the Celtics get a mention with Kyrie in the story, well, but yeah, realis- realistically, I still don't think the Celtics are beating the Cavs. I know people are gonna bash me for that, but you know LeBron is still the best player in the world on the planet. Mm-hmm. Period. There's still nobody that I think even holds a candle to the man. And you know, he, like you said, he exists. So he's the pillar in the way of the Warriors. And no one's mentioning how well Kevin Love is playing this year. The guy mm-hmm. is having another is having an All Star year. He's yeah. going to be an All Star more than likely. So it's like you know, like you, but like you said, it's Cavs and Warriors. That's it. It's whoever LeBron is playing for and the Warriors. Because if LeBron, yeah. LeBron can go to I don't know, pick a pick a terrible team, uh, pick the Nets oh, or the. No, 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 no. pick the Nets he can come to the Nets and the Nets would be a championship contender like that's just God's honest truth the guy is that good but you know looking at this we talk about the NBA and NFL and I find it kind of funny that he was talking about what's going to be America's you know big game when Mm -hmm. for so many years we've been calling baseball America's pastime and that's you know basically making the assumption that that's the big ticket that's the thing you want to watch in America but -hmm. you had the MLB which has had an issue with pacing and popularity and you know you look at the nhl which is another major league they're mostly considered like the fourth big major league but you also have the mls sneaking up right now and you know they continue to expand and add teams you don't expand unless you're making money and unless and that means if you're making money that means you're getting fans so uh, the mls is kind of shooting up in popularity i wouldn't really put it by them jumping the nhl but where like where does that comment where does baseball hockey soccer now fit in the grand scheme if you know cubans making comments about the nba which still monetarily can't touch the nfl but yeah. you know where do you see the rest of these major leagues fitting in
1: well i mean the mlb actually might might become a little more fun again because of the Yankees being the evil empire. They haven't they haven't entirely been that recently, but now they're basically becoming that again and whenever they do that, it seems to become more fun just because people want to see the Yankees lose. Like people just want to watch just to see the Yankees lose. They want them to lose. So I think people might actually come to the MLB because of that more. But I mean, they're going to have their fan base no matter what. It's America's pastime. People love baseball. They live they live it like it's not even just a sport to them it is literally a lifestyle and hockey for me hockey like i enjoy watching hockey i don't always watch it i'm not i'm not the fan that watches every day but i think hockey is going to keep its little fan base but it's not going to it's not really going to jump anyone i don't think and i mean the mls the mls Yeah, it it could definitely get bigger. I can see it getting bigger, mainly because soccer is a worldwide sport. It's the biggest sport.
0: It's the biggest organized sport on the planet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, soccer, us Americans, we don't like being overshadowed by the world. So we're going to play soccer more. And I mean, when you bring up these sports and you bring up the popularity of them, I also think you need to think about how much each sport costs to play for these kids when they're growing up. Basketball doesn't cost a lot. You get a basketball, you maybe have you maybe have some sneakers on, and you go. You find a park and you play basketball. You for soccer, you you get a ball, you you get you get some sneakers on, you get some some kind of goal, you play
0: soccer. And the thing Football, is, you don't even you, you don't even need, need a goal for soccer. You can just kick around with your
1: exactly.
0: friends. Use exactly. two trees. Like, these,
1: like, like I feel like that's one of the reasons why hockey might not be as popular. It's because it's going to cost money for you to go and do this. It's going to it's gonna cost a little bit of money for you to get into a baseball camp in order to become great in baseball. I mean, like you could say for the, the same for soccer there, but there's a lot more natural talent that can come out of like basketball, soccer, and football sometimes just because you can go out and get a ball and just do these
0: things. You talk about camps. That's a whole other podcast. I hate the whole That's entire – one sports society, but that's a whole other podcast. We're not going to touch that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's, you know, we're really not going to touch that one because we're starting to run a little short on time here, Dave. Yeah. Uh, you know, my closing uh, statement that I want to make here is speaking of parody, who the hell thought that tomorrow, tomorrow night's game against the Knicks and the Nets would be interesting. Uh, we have, you know, the, the Russian, uh, the Latvian unicorn, Coming into Barclays and, you know, the Knicks beat the Nets earlier this year. The Nets are Mm -hmm. a gritty team. They have a chip on their shoulder. Okafor Mm -hmm. might make his debut. But who – did you predict that earlier this year that the Knicks and the Nets were going to have a fun, meaningful game earlier in the year?
1: Uh, No, no, I didn't. I actually thought the Knicks were going to be worse than the Nets. Like, I thought Porzingis was going to be great. But I thought much more of the Knicks wasn't going to be useful. But, I mean, the Knicks have been playing out of their mind. And Porzingis has been playing, like, an absolute stud. Like, he, he could definitely be – like, if the Knicks could find themselves in a playoff spot somehow in this week Eastern Conference, he could definitely be up for an MVP. I don't know, in my eyes with the way he's playing.
0: Absolutely. And the Nets
1: are, And the Nets are always – the Nets have always been fun to watch for me. I think they're a lot more fun to watch this year for almost anyone just because they show up the game's – it's not like watching the Browns against some teams sometimes in the NFL. <laughs> and, I, and I just, I just, no one expected this this year. No one expected the Knicks and the Nets to be a fun game to watch this year because both teams were supposed to be horrendously bad, no matter what. So them being a fun game to watch is really, is really fun to see in the NBA because you don't, you're not always going to get this. You're not always going to get teams playing better than they're projected to
0: in any sport alright and with that we have to end our time here Dave but I had a great time you know this was another blast making another podcast especially when I get to do it with my brother it's rare that you know I barely get to talk to you with you being in college so this was fun that's true Um, you're always at work yeah I'm always working so you know David tell them where they can find you give them a twitter handle
1: that's if I remember my twitter handle I think it's at questanthemum.
0: Uh, yeah, you guys probably know. won't know how to spell that because I don't even think David remembers. Yeah, But um, just uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast yet again. It's another long one an hour, but again, I think you're going to yeah. really enjoy what you hear or what you have heard if you've listened this far. Um, don't forget to follow the Sports Opinions Twitter. That's at Sports Opinion 30. You can follow me, Alex Cuesta, at A Cuesta NBN. And once again, thanks for listening to Sports Opinions Podcast. See ya.